0: Father, your word descends the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Your word is powerful. And Father, you have written in your word that you have exalted it above your name. And so we speak your word today and we ask for the Holy Spirit to confirm the word in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 For those of you who were here a few weeks ago, I was speaking on the subject of some of the spiritual roots of diseases. And I mentioned that in the scripture, there three words we come against all the time. We come against the word sin, the word transgression, and the word iniquity. And we looked at one of two scriptures. Understand? we looked at the story of the pool of Bethesda and in John 5.14 when it says, Behold! This is when Jesus never to the pool of Bethesda and he raised up a man who had been lying in the bed and he said, rise up and take a bed of the water. And Jesus finds on in John 5.14 and says, Behold! He's not going to be at home. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. So it was a quite an unusual thing that Jesus spoke to this person. Sin no more, lest the worst thing. So the implication was there was some type of sin that was involved for this condition. Then we looked at transgression. Well transgression would be like this man, once he's heard the words of Jesus. If he never obeyed the words of Jesus and went back to his sin, that's transgression. Knowing what to do right, but you don't do it. You go back to your old ways, transgression. And then we came on to iniquity. Iniquity, and I want you to get this today, covers moral and ethical standards. Now, this week I, had, I was thinking of something completely different to speak about, but I ended up reading a story about the most wickedest city in the world. And this one was a few hundred years ago. But then the scripture that came to me, when I was thinking about that, was Genesis 15, verse 16. But in the fourth generation, they shall come hither again. So this is the word of God to Abraham. God has said to Abraham, Your descendants are going to go into slavery in Egypt after 400 years, you're going to come out like a nation. Like the sands of the sea, the, the stars of you're going to come out a great people. But he goes on to say, For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. The iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. And the Bible says, God is talking to Abraham about 400 years span. And he said, the iniquity is not full. I'm going to let them go, they've got a chance to repent, but if they continue, there will come a day of judgment. And the iniquity is not through. Now everything I'm going to say today, I want to put it in context of two verses of scripture. Job 34, 22. There is no darkness, nor shadow of death, where the workers of iniquity can hide themselves there is no doubtless it doesn't matter how much iniquity you see and we live in a world where lots of iniquity is taking place it doesn't matter how much iniquity you see and how long it's been going on for and where you like, say it's ever going to come to an end but the bible says that there's no place that's going to hide from <coughs> just like the iniquity of the Amorites came to the full, and judgment came God is saying where there is iniquity Darkness is not going to hide it. The workers of iniquity, they will be judged. Another scripture to bear in mind is Isaiah 53.6. It says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So here we've got two contrasts. We have Job telling us that there's no darkness and there's no shadow of death where the workers of iniquity behind. But the Bible tells us there is a Saviour who gave His life so your iniquity can be forgiven. And so today I'm going to go down the line when people do not repent. When people do not repent and nations do not repent. Iniquity comes to the full. And it is inevitable as morning follows night, judgment comes. And it can come in different time spans. So let's just look at a few things before we can go further. Noah's flood. Why did we have Noah's flood? Well, there was iniquity, there was gross iniquity. We also know that it was not just the carnal things, sin of people and the wickedness, but we also know that the fallen angels were involved. And so we know there was great wickedness. And if you want to know about Noah's flood, where do you look to find the evidence? Where do you look to find the evidence? The Bible says that before the flood, you know, there was no rain, the voices came up from the ground. It tells us, basically, that the earth never had a tilt. But when the flood came, the earth was now tilted over 22 degrees. So when you want to know about Noah's flood, what happened to the people, then you start to look under the sea. And when you start to look under the sea, oh, the not under the sea. Some of these cities are very big. Some of them have got pyramids, some of them have got structures, statues to God, some of them have got signs that people don't carry back or make out what they are. But if you want to know the judgment of iniquity, you look under the sea. And you will find that all over the world there are major cities under the sea. And even from the time of the flood, there has been cities which have been here and they're no longer here because a flood came or an earthquake came and they're now below the sea. And so, there was a city called Port Royal, Port Royal in Jamaica. And this city was once called the most the wickedest city in the world. You can look it up, Port Royal, the wickedest city in the world. Now I'm going to read an excerpt from you about this city. It says, (coughs) and while I'm talking about this city, there's another city I want you to bear in mind. Off the coast of Alexandria, there's a there's a city there called Echalon. And one of the things which you notice about cities which have been destroyed. His iniquity was in these cities. Perversion was in these cities, and eventually, like the Amorites, when it was full destruction came. Now, Port Royal. This is what it says. Henry Morgan, the city's pirate governor. The city's trademark drink was Kill Devil Rum. Pirates would carry the flagrants down the street, forcing them into the hands they passed by. It was such a curse as a gift, as the drink was so strong that it had killed thousands through alcohol poisoning. Henry Morgan recruits pirates. With a drink burning in their bellies, the pirates became deadly. Alexander Olivia Ek-Promeland an expert on piracy in America Americas wrote of one Port Royal pilot, Ross Brasiliano. When he was drunk, he would roam the town like a madman. The first person he came across, he would chop off his arm or leg. Without anyone daring to intervene, some of them tied or spitted on wooden steaks and roasted him alive between two fires like killing a pig then divine intervention. The earthquake when Port Royal was hit by a disaster so horrible those who witnessed it could only have described it as divine wrath. A 7.5 magnitude hit the city just before June the 7th 1692. It was a Sabbath. A watch discovered in 1969 showed that it had been stopped at 11.43 a.m. The houses of Port Royal, in a folly straight out of the Bible and the Gospels, had been built with sand. When the earthquake hit, it liquefied what little supported them, and the whole buildings, roads and people were sucked straight into the ground. As the people panicked, the great tidal wave crashed through the docks, over the city walls, and consequently brought down what still stood. 33 acres of the city disappeared in a few hours. 2,000 people, one-fifth of the population was wiped out. But that wasn't, it wasn't over. In the days to follow, as the bodies of the dead rotted under the sun and were devoured by animals and insects, as they polluted the city streets, disease spread through the city within a few weeks. Another 3,000 died. And just like that, the population, one of the largest and most raucous cities on earth, had been cut in half. The destruction of Port Royal and most parts of the world was seen as nothing short of divine wrath. To have a city so full of wickedness and evil be sucked into water seemed to most like something straight out of the Old Testament, and the orgy of looting and violence that follows seemed like hard proof that these people deserve what God had given them. One survivor wrote that as soon as the earthquake had ended, the town went mad. Immediately upon the cessation of the extremity of the earthquake, your heart would abhor to hear the depredations, the robberies and violence that were an instant committed upon the place by the violence and basis of the people. No man could call anything his own. For they that were the strongest and most wicked of these, what they pleased. So that was the written report of Port Royal. Wicked city, full of debauchery, full of the wildest things that you can see. And just like the Amorites, the wickedness was full and judgment came. Because the Bible says there is no place for the people to hide when there is iniquity. The Bible also tells us (coughs) there's other places like that. Off the coast of Cuba, lying in 700 meters of water, which is very deep. There's a city. And so deep, I've done many little investigations, and you see lots of structures, and you can't bring them out. One guy says, for it to sink so deep, you would need to be there 50,000 years. And he said, but if it wasn't that, he said, there must have been the Teutonic plates moving so that this city would fall to such a depth. And see, people, they disregard the love of God at their own peril. And it says here about the Amorites, for the iniquity of our Amorites is not yet full. And the iniquity comes up time and time again in the scriptures. The sin of our Amorites increase. If we go to chapters like Leviticus, chapter 18, Leviticus, chapter 20, people less for this in great detail all the sin, wickedness, perversion, violence, and it goes through the list in detail. And it's a passage of scripture you should take and read carefully, because all the moral laws of God have always existed. There are some laws that have never applied to us, like the laws of the temple, but all the moral laws that were given by God has existed and the main and you can go and read about them as well in the New Testament. But in Leviticus 18, it goes through all the corruption within families, incest rate, all the corruption with your neighbours. It goes through everything in detail, God says, don't do that. It goes through all these things, talks about the sacrifice. Don't sacrifice your kids to more Don't sacrifice your children to this God. It's repeated again from the... It's in Leviticus 18 and Leviticus 20. It says, don't lie with mankind, don't lie with says, and don't lie with the beast. Bestiality became such a prominent thing when God said to the children of Israel, to destroy the people, because that's one of the great sins. And God gives a reason for the destruction of Canaanites. In Leviticus 18, 25, and the land is defiled. The land is defiled. When you have iniquity, the land gets defiled. When you have iniquity, what does it say? Therefore, I will visit the iniquity upon it, and the land itself will vomit out its inhabitants. There's a place where iniquity becomes so great and so prevalent that the land itself wants to vomit it out. And God always brings judgment on iniquity. So, so in the scriptures, as I said, Jesus, I the iniquity was laid upon him. All our iniquity was laid upon Jesus. So that there can be forgiveness of sin and there can be restoration, so that we might know the Savior. But when you persist and you go against the Word of God and you stand against the Word of God and you pull down the name of Jesus, you want to change His works. You want to bring in your own ideas to overrule and you want to live the way that you want to live. And the Bible says, there comes a day when the iniquity is full and judgment comes. There is no escape, what it says in Jobs. No darkness, no shadow of death, where the workers of iniquity may hide. There is no hiding place from the eyes of the living God. The Bible talks about God being merciful, God being long-suffering. But it comes an end when that long-suffering no longer is available to you. And, iniqu- and judgment on iniquity comes and falls. The Amorites increased in idolatry than iniquity. They increased in immorality than iniquity. In Leviticus 20 and verse 25 talks about the penalty of offering your children as living sacrifices to the God of Talks about put in it talks about the penalty of going after familiar spirits. And to get to hear from familiar spirits, and to go to wizards, and to go to other sources to get information about the spirit realm. <coughs> verse 9 talks about you don't capture your, your parents. And of course, adultery and other sins are all repeated in that. And we know as we look at history, you see the wickedest city on earth, Judgment came. Judgment came to another wicked city. The Bible says Sodom can water. Their wickedness was great. Abraham tried to intercede. Because God God down to a world of ten people. God was saving, but he couldn't even find ten people. Fire fell, brimstone fire on the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. On. Now in Exodus chapter 20, verse 5 it says Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them verse. several and this is talking about idols. For I the Lord thy God am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation to them that hate me. So God looks and he discovers that people don't like me. That people hate me. That people want to revel in, in iniquity. They want to go and serve other gods. He says, I'm going to visit upon them and upon the children, children, up to the third and fourth generation of rebel in So we've got to know what the word of God says. Because we are dealing with a God who is a jealous God, and will have no other God stand before him. And Exodus 34-7, Keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers, upon the children. God forgets iniquity and transgression, for Jesus died to pay that price. But when you persist in iniquity and transgression, there comes a time when judgment comes. And that's repeated in Deuteronomy 5.9. Now in Psalm 106, verse 6, it says, We have sinned with our fathers. Mm -hmm. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. This is the people of God who were brought out from bondage given the laws of God, and this is a summation of where they ended up. We have sinned for funds We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. And the psalm goes on, from verse 35, to give you the results of their iniquity. They were mingled among the heathen and learned their works. And they served their idols which were a snare unto them. Yea, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto devils, and shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and their daughters, whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. A God of great mercy and kindness, a God who brings deliverance, a God who gives them the commandments of his power, a reflection of his character, a God to bring them to the promised land and subdues all the enemies wrong, And the Bible said they turn and they sinned. And they ended up sacrificing their children to the false gods. And the land became polluted with blood. And it's not just the nation as a whole, it's not just cities. For we also read about the priest Eli, because it happens in the religious circles as well. Just because you have somebody in a religious position <coughs> does not mean that iniquity has come or is being committed. And then the story of Eli the priest, in 1 Samuel 3, 13 and 14, it says, For I have told him, and this is God speaking, Remember, God speaks to Samuel and calls Samuel. And, in, and Eli wants in all the things that God has been saying to Samuel. But I have told him I will judge his house for the iniquity which he knows, because his sons made themselves vile and he restrained them not. Therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be part of sacrifice nor offering for ever. And Eli was a, the priest in the days of the judges. And he had two sons, Hophni and Phinehas and the Bible said that these two guys were so vile and so corrupt, and they brought such <coughs> disgrace upon the house of God that the people, were whore, to go to the house of God. They were so turned up because of their wickedness and their vileness and their sleeping around, the way that they seated the sacrifices, everything that they wanted for themselves. And the Bible says Eli was responsible. Because he never took action against his children, against his two sons. He never took action to stop them and restrain them, but he let them carry on. And so the Bible says, his iniquity has come before me. Judgment come. And what happened in the battle with the Philistines? And he set out the ark of the covenant with his two sons. And the Ark of the Covenant was taken by the Philistines, the sons were slain and when the one came to Eli, he fell off his seat and broke his neck. Judgment comes, and when it comes, it comes swiftly. Mm -hmm. It happened in one day. We're dealing with a God who is holy. We're dealing with a God who is righteous. We're dealing with a God who wants his people to be like him. down to our level. He comes to lift us up to his level. And he says, be holy even as I'm holy. I want you to follow in my footsteps and I want you to come up to where I am because you're carrying the reputation of my name. But be warned, don't stay and live in iniquity because there will be judged. It will be judged and the Bible talks about the sins of the Amorites. As well as being into perverseness, debauchery, the Amorites were also involved in something else. And that was, remember when the children of Israel, when they came out from the wilderness and they came to the promised land, and they sent the spies into the land to tell the spies it, like the and say, We're like there's like a the in there. Do you know the giants in there? And so because of that they had to wander for 40 years. But after that time they started to come into the promised land. And they dealt with the iniquity of the Amorites. Judgment came through Joshua, and the Bible tells us about two kings of Amorites, like Sihon and Og, who were giants, and Deuteronomy 3, the said, for only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the giants, and this is after the conquest of Joshua and Froon. And it's also believed that before this, the lots of the giants fled from Canaan. That's why you can go across this Sardinia today and it's known for the tombs of the giants. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and you can read that up and you can find quite information on that. Amos nine says, Yet destroyed I the Amorite before them, whose height was like the height of the old cedars. And he was strong as an oaks, yet I destroyed his fruit from above, and his roots from beneath. When God brings judgment for iniquity, it is total, complete judgment. Just from above, judgment roots, nothing left. In all the cities of Ammonites, an Joshua destroyed them all. But Psalm 22 talks about the rules of Bashan. And the bulls of Bashan also represent as a representation of evil spirits. Because Psalms 22 is all about the cross, about the suffering of Jesus. And Bashan is known as the land of the serpent. Bashan is also associated with the land of the giants. And when you have a scepter, if you've ever seen the scepters from some of these old countries, especially the Egyptian ones, then you have the scepter of the serpent and the head of the bulls, and the Bible says, yes. "Judgment came, and they were destroyed, and none was left alive." Life. So, as we come down to the scriptures and we read the scriptures and we talk about the scriptures, we have got to remind ourselves. You've got to refuse to be contaminated by the world in which you live. In. The world in which you live, in, the Bible, no one, Apostle Paul said, this present evil world mm-hmm. has never changed. Mm-hmm. In the Bible, you have the story of the lost vineyard, where people, the person is killed just so people could get property. I'm sure if you do a lot of searches, you will find that has happened throughout history. Wickedness is in the, the world. But we are being called as the children of God. We are being called to be cleansed of all iniquity because the blood of Jesus has power and authority. The blood of Jesus cleanses of all sin, all unrighteousness. And when we're clothed with righteousness of Christ, that means we can stand in the presence of the Father. But to pursue iniquity is to pursue destruction. And that destruction, sometimes, it's like the people say, we've heard about the talking of his coming. When is he gonna come? He will say see the sense of his coming. And people get casual, people get flippant, People come to that place where they refuse to believe the word of God, just because of what they see. Forgetting that God is love-suffering and merciful. But when the iniquity is full, just comes in an instant. So, the came in an instant. Poor man Hell them. Think of all the people's groups that you read about in the Bible. What happened to the, the Hittites? Heresites, the Jebusites. It's quite probable because of their iniquity judgment came. We also have like hear in Scotland, there used to be a pe- people called the Picts, which nobody anyway knows what's happened to. There's it's every possibility because of their iniquity, judgment will come. And so you've got to remember, God always conforms to this one. And so we want to put iniquity behind us. We want to put iniquity under the blood of Jesus. And we want to be those who represent the goodness of God to proclaim salvation and deliverance and healing through the name of Jesus. Forgiveness of sins. What may have happened in the past and past. And nations and cities, Jesus' blood is able to forgive. But when we do not bow to Jesus, remember what Job says. There is no darkness and there's no shadow of death that the workers of iniquity are going to be able to hide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the Psalms, I'll finish with this. David looked at the people on the ground. And he thought, everybody's prospering. Everybody's getting on. but not me? And then he comes to this bit and then he says, Ah, oh, but then I remember the end. I remember the end. So don't get caught up with what other people are getting of doing. We want to live for Jesus and remember the end of all things. That we will be in his presence forevermore, but the wicked with just comes will never be in his presence. Let's be Father in the name of Jesus. We want to be a people who put the iniquity under the blood. We want to be a people who know the grace of God, the mercy of God, the forgiving power of our Savior, and to be one.